Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doctrine. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Download today. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Jimmy Fowler, Elder Candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Do you want to try that again? Elder Candidate. Say Elder Candidate. I did. Elder Candidate. You say like Elder Kenneth. Elder Candidate. I'm afraid that first timers won't know what that is. What's an Elder Candidate? Elder Candidate. There you go. Elder Candidate. Very good. All right. You know, this is what it means for me to coach you, mentor you, disciple you, lead you. Usually that's Pat. Pat's Uh, Pat's Pat ain't here now, is he? That's I, right. Nah, I miss him. Okay. So, um, I miss my best friend. So, I'm getting these calls on my phone all the time. Right now, this is one is from New Orleans, Louisiana. I know it's a sales call. I know well, it's, a, it's one of those I know, but why do you an- answer it? Answer and put on speaker. All right, here we go. Ready? This is Joe. Your business has been approved. For- <laughs> You've been approved, Joe. You've been approved. <laughs> All day long. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor at Redeemer Fellowship, and I get a lot of stupid sales calls and uh, telemarketing. His Almost number a- is 630. Oh, yeah. So you want trouble. <laughs> I give it out to everybody at church, but I don't know why it's, uh, it's getting out there to crazy people. Man, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a new week. Mm-hmm. It's Thursday. Thursday. Man, we're going to. What are we going to do this weekend? This weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's the weekend coming up. You got big uh, plans? I'm trying to think what's going on next weekend. I I think, do I have, a, I have my calendar out? I think I have a birthday party. Oh. I think I got, let's see. Are you, are you hanging out with the neighbors again? No, you know what? I know what I'm doing. I do know now. Okay, it's on my schedule. Uh, I am going to the Cubs-Cardinals game on Saturday. Oh, on the 24th? On the 24th. Ooh. That you got, I saw your seats too. I saw pictures. Yeah, they're kind of good. They're pretty good. Send me a picture so I can put it up in the show notes. So no, I am not. Like, no, they no, want to see. I don't, I don't want them to see that. Okay, so uh, but watch TV and you'll see me. Yeah, I mean, you, that's you, all I know. You can't miss the fofo. You can't miss the fofo. Uh, so I'm not. But okay, I'll be down the third baseline uh, behind the dugout. It'll be front row. Front first, row, yeah, first brother. Uh, there are tickets given to me and my family, and so I'm taking my two boys. They're first Cubs game, yeah. and, and they've been asking. They're so young and so dumb, they won't understand any of it. You could I have know. taken me, and yeah, it would I'm have not, been the same thing. It would have been the exact same yeah, thing, right, right, but, but I could have drank with you. Yeah, exactly. We could have had a beer together, <laughs> but then you're going to take your sons. Well, no, I could have a beer with them, too. They just, I just drink theirs for them. Yeah, it's not the same thing. So, so yeah, what, do you got f- going, what do you got going on next weekend? Uh, you know what? It's, and I don't condone underage with under five. What, what are you saying now? I don't, I'm just saying. I, I think you got I nervous it, there. No, I did get nervous. You, I, what did you, you said something about we, drinking because, with children. Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. I am not condoning Obama that. will tap your phones, man. Obama like, has already tapped my phone. Oh, I bet he has. Oh, he has. <laughs> Obama is all over my phone. <laughs> um, yeah, man, we're just... Uh, it's but a, I'm not condoning. I'm not condoning not? drinking under 10. 
okay, that's good. I appreciate that because mm-hmm. you want to be careful. That's right. Um, you know what? The, the thing going on this weekend, uh, we're, our, our youth group um, led by Jake Schmanke. Is, Jake Schmanke! He's putting on a, a silent auction to, um, to help Operation Christmas Child. Um, they've done a really good job organizing this. And so, now I feel like a jerk because I'm talking about going to the Cubs game and you're talking about going to a fundraiser. You're talking about I'm drinking going, beer I'm, with little kids. I'm and going to I'm the fundraiser talking about as well. helping little kids. I'm doing both. I'm going to the fundraiser as well. Maybe. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Well, it's at 6 p.m. You should be okay. 6 p.m. Well, no, his is on, on Sunday, right? Yeah, Sunday at 6 p.m. Yeah, but I'm going on Saturday. Yeah, so I'm saying you'll be fine. So I might be there. Yeah, yeah you'll be there. Um, Possibly. All right, Probably. so look, uh, we don't have uh, a lot of time tonight, so mm-hmm. what we wanted to do was open up the big mail bag. Mail bag. Jump in and uh, see what's going on, because people write in emails all the time. All man. the time. I can't believe how much email we get every day. Every We day. just started this podcast, and I honestly thought it would be fun, mm-hmm. uh, which it is. But I didn't expect as many people to be into it. Um, and we appreciate you guys uh, yeah. actually getting involved and asking questions and giving us your thoughts and your Yeah, sharing ideas and passing on good stuff to us. You know, like we try mm-hmm. to pass on good stuff to you guys. It's been awesome. So the first first one well, is... I'll ask the first one. No, I'm going to ask That's the first one. I got no, it. I'm not. No, Here we go. This one. Chris Land says... Chris Land, this is a... His subject is Andy Stanley. Here's his message. Joe and Jimmy, my question is in regards to the recent comments Andy Stanley has made regarding getting the spotlight off the Bible onto the resurrection of Christ at ERLC 2016 and his sermon the following Sunday, which seems to be his response to the criticism of his statements. Love the podcast. Keep doing what you are doing. Chris. Well, Chris, um, because I don't live my life according to your whims and desires, um, I have not bothered to look up what you're talking about so next email is that really how you're gonna do it <laughs> is that really how no i know chris i know who chris is oh okay. uh chris is an online friend uh honestly chris i i you know um i knew about the erlc's conference i like the erlc um i love russ moore dr mm-hmm. moore is is fantastic um theologically i have a lot of issues with uh, andy stanley's positions that he's taken uh and with many of his practices when yeah. it comes to ecclesiology preaching theology things like that so i'm definitely not a fanboy we're not really in the same theological tribe but i didn't i didn't see this and so i wouldn't want to speculate but um if based on what you said we need to get the spotlight off the bible and onto the resurrection the best way that i can take that and i try to take things in the best possible way cuz you you really Look at people through like the best possible lens. I try to receive what they say. No, I judge people for who they are because they're a mess. <laughs> but what they say, I try to understand it in the best possible, not mm-hmm. the worst possible light. All right. So right. when Fair. you know, if if Andy Stanley and I, listen, I Andy Stanley loves Jesus. So I don't doubt That's that right. for a moment. And so when he says we got to get the spotlight off the Bible and onto the resurrection, I don't know what he meant. But here's what I could take away just from that statement is. Um, I am not going to win a lot of arguments arguing for the verbal plenary inspiration of Scripture Mm -hmm. with the men that are not Christians at the cigar lounge that Jimmy and I spend a lot of time at. But if I talk to them about the resurrection of Christ, the gospel, then I think I have have much more confidence. And maybe, and I don't know, but maybe he's talking about our tendency to argue and practice apologetics about some of our um, core convictions— that you know maybe give comfort to us but aren't necessarily the messages that you know bring people to the saving knowledge of of god so i, I don't know i I'm so like if you think maybe he's and i'm like again i i want to give uh andy stanley the benefit of the doubt 
Yeah, because he's on your shelf with the other guys. Actually, I do have them up here. I think I have Visioneering. Is he actually, let's, let's say this about it. Like, listen, all I, all, all I like to read is the Puritans and the Reformers, mm-hmm. and that's what I like to read. Um, I've read Andy, a couple of Andy Stanley books on vision casting and yeah. things like that. And there's, listen, reformed guys would do well exactly. to learn from those kinds of guys when it comes to understanding how to communicate vision and to implement systems that will help to carry your reformed the theology and practice into the church. But anyways, go ahead. Anyways, but uh, I, I kind of, you know, I want to think the best of him as well in this, right? Like that, okay, why you give me that look? What, like, I, I'm wondering, I, I, when I first heard it, I was thinking, is he pushing against Bible idolatry. Yeah. Right? Bibliolatry, like, they call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you, it's all about head knowledge, and he's trying to push and say, you know, well, take the spotlight off the, the Bible. And, the, yeah. you know, again, I am I am speculating. I we didn't, we didn't listen. We ain't got time for that. That's it. We got our you Netflix know, shows. We, have, no, we, we, have, we have to watch our Netflix, Netflix shows. shows. That's it. We got NCIS. We got, we got, got Cigar Night. We got Cigar Night. And then we, we got, got Bourbon Night. And we got Cigar Night. And the, well, I know you said yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, the second cigar night. Oh, I, we got well, second. We got first get, cigar night. First cigar night, night. Second night, cigar night. Cigar night. Bourbon night. Right. We have Monday night football. Right. We got Thursday night football. We got Sunday night football. I ain't got time to be going to these things. No, it, I'm sure it's good. Here, Chris, listen. Here's here's one of the things that any of the guys that I'm discipling or coaching, if I'm taking them through books and raising them up, future leaders, potential leaders, and all of that. One of the things that I always tell them is when you're listening to a sermon or reading a book and you find yourself in conflict with what's being said or what's being presented, always ask, in what sense is what they are saying correct, mm-hmm. if, if at all? And in what sense is what they are saying potentially incorrect? In other words, how are they right? How are they wrong? That's it. And, and that will help you to better understand both their message and how it can be taken in one way or another. And that's not to just give them a pass. I mean, no. listen, if people are speaking heresy and false doctrine, then you we have to call them out. It. Yeah, we're not playing around with you that. You got to stand up against the verdict. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, you know, we, we do want to be charitable, charitable and, and give people the benefit of the doubt yes. until it's very, very clear otherwise. All right, I got, a, I got an email from you, buddy. All right, for let's you. do it. Here we go. This is from a guy named JD. All right. First of all, I want to say I am I am still uh, firmly believing that yeah. this is made up. It's not made no, up. I, I promise it's not. And I, listen, I used listen. Okay, here's the thing. I believe you made this up. All right. That you created a fake. Because look at that. Look at that. Look at that email address. You that okay, looks so that. fake to me. No, it doesn't. I know. Don't give it out because maybe it is real. It is but real. I don't feel like it is. It's I not like Israel, but it is real. <laughs> Like this right. The reason Jimmy thinks this is fake is because it has to deal with long hair. But here's the thing. Jimmy's hair is actually not long. My hair was twice as long as that, at least when I was in high school. I had long hair. This is like, this is like, this is like I don't know, it's, it's like, uh, like fashion hair is all that that is. It's, a, it's I had Fabio metal hair, hair man, I, down I to the bottom Fabio. of my chest. You got a little Fabio hair. That ain't good. That ain't little. He was big. So, uh, yeah, but, you know. What, I don't know. He, what, he, was, what he was muscular and handsome, and that's you're not. I, that, that, well, I know, but I got the hair. And his was blonde and yeah, but no, but look at this like charcoal and a little gray. I see some gray coming out. Oh my gosh! Stop. All right, it. so That's I promise funny. you, I, I used to get that all the time with my long hair. Um, so here is the email. Oh, it's fake. It's not fake. I promise. Could y'all? <laughs> That's no. Yeah. First of all, right there, that's how you know I didn't write this. No, no, that's how I know you did because could, you're making, you're trying to make it sound like a backwoods individual. Could y'all? Just for future reference, JD, 
Um, people you don't up, sound very smart when pe- you say, could y'all. Pe- people up north are super arrogant and judgmental, and they think that they're better than the people from the south. So when you guys talk with your southern accent, unless you're a pretty girl, they'll go, oh, that's kind of cute. If you're a dude, they'll think you're dumb. Could y'all. All right, so that's you're not wrong in saying could y'all. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a contraction of you all. It's totally fine. I'm just saying there are judgmental people up, up, people up here where we live who will judge you for it. Could you Joel all. Joel Thorne being one. I do not. Could you all address the topic of men's hair length? Does the longer the better. Oh, does, that's the question. I can't grow hair. Does scripture prohibit men? No, from, no, no, no. Prohibited. Yeah, he spelled it wrong. Okay? <laughs> from the South. All right, so. Know, that's why I know it's you. You're making it sound bad. It's not. I promise it's not me. You, dude, I don't lie. I play jokes all the time, but I never lie. Right, you're about right. You never do right. lie. So, does scripture prohibited men? <laughs> does scripture <laughs> prohibit men from having long hair? 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen, Or from women having short hair? Jimmy, since you have beautiful, <laughs> luxurious, long hair that makes balding men like myself jealous with envy, could you please answer this? What does the Bible have to say about long hair? I think I know what it says. I'm pretty sure if memory serves me correctly, it says something about long hair being a disgrace. I don't man. know what disgrace. I oh, think oh, it oh. says disgrace. Oh, uh, you know, it does say that word. Yeah, Here you I go. think it does. First Corinthians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and read Why it. Why don't you go ahead and read it for us, Jimmy? First Corinthians 11:14 says this. Here comes the judgment. Does does not nature itself mm-hmm. teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace oh, for him? But if a woman has long hair, mm, it is good. her glory, for her hair is given to her for a covering. Yeah. Verse 16, if anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. Why are you reading that verse? I don't know why. They just That's why it sounds smart or something like that. Okay, so. I wanted to give in context. Clearly, no, here's why. Because I wanted to try to give the f- a bit of context. Okay. Which is the issue that we're facing right now is you have no context. Your context is just pulling out a verse saying, is this? And I'm not saying you. I'm talking about people in general. Uh, pulling out a verse and saying that. Saying, you have to look at the context of 1 Corinthians. is discussing right. and, and addressing certain issues and problems that are going on in Corinth. It is, it is pre- prescribing Like something. sex with prostitutes in the temple. Exactly. So that's okay today. Because <laughs> that's only a cultural issue back then. That's what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh. But yeah, you know, come on down. You know that there's some things that that are uh, was for a time, for a place. But actually, Calvin talks about this here. John Calvin, John freaking Calvin. What did he say? He says this. <clears throat> now, he means by natural what was accepted by common consent and usage at the time. So he's saying it's contextualized. It's cultural. Cultural. Mm-hmm. For long hair was not always regarded as a disgraceful thing in man. You don't even have to be a cultural exegete to understand that. You just have to read your Bible a little bit, right? Well, yeah. Well, I would even talk about, like, if someone's really firm about this, then, yeah, what about short hair for women? Or what are there women being covered, actually, up in Port Alberni, British Columbia? British so, Columbia? Where's that? Canada. That's in Canada? Why do they call it Columbia? Oh my gosh, you're going to go through okay, this again. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, so I was, doing, I was doing Young Life, and I would have to, I had the privilege of visiting churches mm. all throughout the this community. Sounds awesome. Because part of it was, I was, you know, they were supporting the ministry I had to get to know. So we went to this one church. Uh, I don't know, it was not even a denomination. It wasn't a, it was a, I think the, the the grandfather or the the dad started the church and it was all his family. <laughs> okay, so they're doing their own thing. They were doing their own thing. So they would wear kind of long skirts. All right, that's okay. And they had head coverings, and For so sure. we'd, we'd walk in. And did uh, you have the hair? I had the hair. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> but they were fine. Here's the thing, though. They were fine with me. For Michelle, they want, they're like, oh, what, does she want a hat? We have an extra hat. Oh, okay. I was, like, I was like, no, she's fine. She's good. And we're sitting down, and they're, they're like, yeah, Brother Jim Fowler's going to be doing this. Brother Jim Fowler's going to be doing that. Brother Jim Fowler's going to be doing this. And then the guy goes, because <laughs> they're welcoming me up, right? And the guy goes, yeah, let's please welcome Brother Jim Fowler and the wife. And I I felt Michelle's nails dig into me. So I get up there. And of course, I'm like, God's doing so many great things here, you know, in Port Alberni. I'm very thankful for the work that he's doing through Michelle. Michelle's doing this. Michelle's doing that. Michelle, this. I'm like, I ain't going to get in trouble. Not over these guys. The weirdest thing about it. And so here's what I'm talking about here is, you know, people want to say these things, but they don't really practice it. Because here they wanted to act like a woman is inferior uh, to a man and doesn't have any authority, um, like you know what I mean by authority in that sense, uh, over a man or even with a man. They're supposed to be subjected in all things to not even be named, right? But afterwards, the service, I'm sitting there and guys are shaking my hands with fistfuls of cash. Yeah. But what would happen though is uh, they'd start shaking my hand and all of a sudden across the room you'd hear this <coughs> and it was their wife looking at them and they pull their wallet out and give me more. <laughs> but I'm talking about that here though as well, right? Like people want to talk about these things and say that, but are they really consistent? In all? You're not consistent. You're not consistent in all these things because you know it was for a certain time at a certain place right. in a certain situation. Greeting each other with a holy kiss. Well, no, I do that. Uh, but what I'm saying is <laughs> I know you do that. You're very affectionate. I'm very affectionate. But, I like to kiss Joe it, and Pat. It, we, we tend to recognize it like Calvin recognized that, you know, the nature of long things, meaning the culture of the day it was pretty much universally yes. understood that this is a sign of of immorality that we would even exactly. recognize and so we just don't do that it's and not so the same for us there, today there is a sense in which we need to be uh, aware of you know the cultural expectations of of the day and not, not that that not to let that define us or determine exactly. how we behave but we do need to be aware because we don't want to miscommunicate who we are or what we are about and if we want to really be biblical uh, there's only one recorded haircut in the bible and that dude was killed for it. Yeah. He so, died. He lost all his power. Right. And he died. But he Disgraced. was, you know what? I got to be honest, man. He's, Samson was kind of a loser. What do, you, what do you mean a loser? I mean, the dude screwed up big time. How's that different than you and oh, I? But I'm, talking not, about, I'm just talking not. about his power. And he had long hair. It was all part of it. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, here's the thing with Samson. I, I remember reading Samson and I'm like, this guy is a flake. This guy is a total flake. And when I was young, you know, reading the Bible for the first time, mm-hmm. I'm expecting all these guys to be my heroes. They're supposed to be my heroes. I didn't understand that. Isn't that, is that the, the beauty of Scripture? That it that is. Real. I didn't get it at the yeah. time because I was like, no, they're all, these guys are supposed to be my I didn't understand that only Jesus was the hero, that we're all mm-hmm. a mess. And I read Samson, I'm like, this guy stinks. And he's so, what a way, he's wasting his life. He could have been so useful to God. But then he's still named in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11, right? Jesus was a Nazarite, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it is amazing that um, God uses such broken, weak people like me, like you, like Samson. Talk about the Nazarite vow. Can you, because I just said something, I'm just trying to make sure. So, uh, Jesus was a Nazarene, not a Nazarite. Yeah. And, ah, that's, uh, why, that's why I wanted to clarify. Good. Thank you. And uh, so, but the Nazarite vow, yeah, like they uh, made vows. They didn't cut the hair at their heads. Um, you know, the Rechabites, there were different vows and different peoples that took different things. Rechabites didn't drink John any, the Baptist? Rechabites didn't drink any wine. Plus, they didn't own any household property. So, I love it when teetotalers like, hey, well, the Rechabites, they took a vow of abstinence. Yeah, from housing, dude. 
You want to take that one too? I don't think so. Nope. All right, what else we got? All right, sorry. So I just want to make sure that you clarified that because I knew I made a mistake when I said it. Here we go. Yeah, you'd be talking to Dwayne again if we didn't fix that. Well, okay, but that wasn't as bad as my last. No, don't. Stop. I'm not saying anything. Stop. I'm, I'm, no, I'm you know scrolling what? I got a, down. I know. I got a question for you. All Ready? Right, what do we got? Here we go. Is it from a girl? Uh, maybe. Davis. What? Oh, Matt. Matt Davis. Matt Davis. Maybe How about from- Matt Davis. No, but look, no, it's not Davis. No, it's not Matt Davis. D A V I S. Okay, hold. On. What's okay, that? Okay, internet right poll. How do you pronounce this? D A V I S. No, there's an. What's that thing right there? It's called an apostrophe. Okay, there's an apostrophe after D. Yeah. That sounds French to me. Matt Davis. No, he probably is. See, go ahead. All right, Matt Davis says this. Oh, oh, this is good. Wait hey, a minute, guys. that's weird. No, 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 read the subject. Oh, subject. <laughs> <laughs> What is that? That's, a, that's offensive. That's offensive. I'm not a bald. <laughs> the subject is being a bald. Not being bald, right, but message. being a bald. Hey, bald. <laughs> hey, guys. Love the pod. Sorry, Fofo, but this question is for Joe. I recently shaved my head for the purpose of eliminating the Friar-esque bald spot. and was wondering if you could give any recs on products. Do you go for the shiny skull or just shave it all the way down and let the Lord's light do the rest. Any suggestions would help. Thanks for giving me a pod my wife and kids actually enjoy. All right, listen. From Matt DeVee. All right, listen, kids. Your dad, Matt, is cool, and you need to just love him and do respect him. Do whatever he him. says. And uh, right now, kids, if you're listening, your dad, Matt, I want you to go give him a high five right now. High five, dad. And if you're little babies, then it doesn't matter because you don't know what I'm saying. And I'm actually pretty sure, uh, oh, I'm reading here, uh, I have really special presents for my kids right now, and I hope to give them after they hear this podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it does say that. Milkshakes and cookies all night. Yeah, kids. Your dad, Matt Davis, or Davi, he promises milkshakes after the podcast, so go ahead and enjoy those. All right, so a very important question, Matt. Thank you for sending it in. I want to take this very seriously. Um, (laughs) I... There's nothing serious about this. I wish I faked this. (laughs) I have... uh, I have bad hair, okay? You got Uh, no hair. Well, so here's the thing. Before I went bald, I had bad hair, unless I grew it out really long, and then it looked good. But then I had to go to Moody, so I shaved it bald. And Moody said, and this was like in 93, Moody said, you can't shave it bald. And I said, why not? And they said, because white people don't do that. You look like a skinhead. You have to grow it back out. That's what they said to me. Oh, my gosh. And I said, what about that professor? He, He shaves his head bald. And they said, that's okay. He's black. He's allowed to shave his head bald. And I said, oh, okay, well, whatever. So I had to grow my hair out. My hair short looks bad. It looks like a toupee is falling off of my head <laughs> even before I went bald. So um, so once I got out of uh, seminary and everything, I just started shaving my head. And then I started going bald. And so now it just makes sense. I look better bald. That's why I do it. And um, you know, so just listen. The, here, and here's the truth. The bald – Bruce Willis said this. The, 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 the prophet, uh, Bruce Willis, said <laughs> – that uh, shaving your head bald is the 21st century comb over. And that's what it is. You're going bald. You're trying to hide it. But you know you can't comb it over anymore. People are catching on. So what do you do? You bick that bad boy and get it all clean looking. So um, if you're going to do it, you don't want to go shiny. A shiny skull no. looks plastic or sweaty or gross. I feel it looks like a bowling ball. Though. All right. Yeah, listen, James White, I'm just, I'm just going to be real here. No, for a no, okay. don't. Don't listen, be We real. all love and respect Dr. White, don't. he's brilliant. And listen, I'm preaching with him at a conference in two months, so I'm going to go ahead and say this. So Dr. White, he doesn't listen to this. He ain't, he ain't, listen, he ain't got time so, for but, us. But, but if he does, I'll, we'll talk about it. All right, so Dr. White, you're brilliant. You're an awesome communicator. You're a great apologist. You, know, you stand for the gospel. We all love you. 
but uh, you need to you need to tone down the sheen on that <laughs> on that dome. It's too shiny. It's too shiny, bro. You you got to like get some powder no. on there or some something because it is too no, shiny. No, not about Doctor White. Right. No, on. that's just the truth. You watch the YouTube. Watch yeah, the YouTube. Dividing line, yes, yeah, but it's, not it's that shiny. Bad. I got to put on sunglasses. Not, it is, it is, it is not shiny. That bad. It is. No, you it are burns really, the retina. No, you are overstating. It's like looking it. at the sun. You are okay. overstating this. And I'm a bald guy, so I can talk about it. You, uh, you know what? We're done. We're done talking. No, no, no. Products. Uh, here oh, you go. Yeah, uh, if you want to shave your head and get a good shave that's healthy for your skin, knock it off with the five and ten blade razors that cost fifty bucks a pop. You want an old school safety razor? Yes. Double sided. Double edge safety razor. You drop one razor in. Mule. You're talking about the mule? Uh, man, there's a bunch of ones. You just Google. I'll link it in the show notes. There, there are good options out there, but you don't have to spend a lot of money. But here's the thing you're going to spend, you know, you might spend 30 to 100 bucks, depending on how much you want to spend, on a good safety razor that'll last you the rest of your life. And then razors, you get like 50 razors for like two bucks. Yep. It, they last you. And I shave once a week, so I don't even care. So I just shave it once a week and just let it grow out, and I look awful. Um, nothing I can do about that. So, yeah, man, there you go. Those are my suggestions. Get a double-edged safety razor, and don't make your head shiny. Otherwise, And we're, we're going to link one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the mule. I love the mule. All right. So, uh, you know what? Let's, let's do a – let's talk about our sponsor because um, we love them. I, I, you know we what? love books. We love books. And I love listening. And, uh, you're not a very good listener. It's really no, it's, it's I, I ironic listen. that you like listening no, to audio because you never listen to me. Oh yeah, but you remember nothing, last episode? You have nothing really to say. Oh, I have. I love to say. no, no. I love listening to Pat. I love listening to Brian, to Jeff, John Calvin, to Rob. If you wanted to listen to John Calvin though, he's dead. How would you do it? Oh, you know how I would do it. Audible.com. For the listeners of Doctrine Devotion, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to check out their service. And we're recommending all this week, Institutes of the Christian Religion by John Calvin. And to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine. And you can go ahead. It's, it's, it's free to sign up. It's a free trial. You can cancel your service at any time. And you still get to keep that free audiobook. It's you keep win, the Calvin. win win and win i'm gonna throw a fourth one in there who's the fourth win extra it's gravy it's gravy it's grace win you know how i am with math on average you're right all right joe i've got one for you all right this is from ryan krempen krempen wait krempen krempen (laughs) krempen it sounds like something good krempen sounds like something you would do it sounds like the technical term that you would use for using your thumb to make those dents in the top of a pie I just keep thinking. It's like, I think it's. I keep reading crunk, like he's crunking. What's crunk? I don't know what it's, you're talking it's like about. A dance move. No, it's not. Crunk, crunk means crazy drunk. You don't know hip hop. Get going. I'm gonna crunk. Google it. it. I'm not googling that. Why would I Google that? Right, go ahead. You All read right. it while I'm googling crunk. No, don't do that. I don't I'm want not, that on your computer. No. Here you go. Subject: Israel. Gents, I enjoy the show and your balance of substance and lightheartedness. You take scripture and God very seriously, but not yourselves. And it's refreshing to hear. My question is twofold. How should we think about modern Israel as a state and modern Judaism as a religion? First, I've struggled to find a concise explanation of dispensational and covenant theology and scriptures can be confusing. Second, I feel like my crew believes they understand Judaism because of how we interpret the Bible, but I doubt the same as is currently taught in the synagogue down the street. Any insight to current mainstream Jewish teaching? Thank you. Cheers, and keep up the great work, Ryan. All right. Well, wow. well, that's a huge question. We're not. Yeah, gonna, I'm gonna let you. That, go I'm ahead not and... like prepared for, but I'll I'll go ahead and take a stab at it. Here we go. Um, first of all, 
while crunk can mean <laughs> crazy drunk, it is also a type of hip-hop music characterized by repeated shouted catchphrases. It's typical of electronic dance music, mm. such as prominent bass. Crunk. Crunk right. it up. All right. It could also just be slang for excited and full of energy. So um, I think you owe me an apology. Uh, no. All right. But anyway, Israel. Israel. So uh, let me look at this. Let me if I can bring this thing up here. All right. So concise explanation of dispensationalism versus covenant theology. We're actually going to do a podcast on covenant theology. Yeah. Um, but let me just say this. Uh, dispensationalism and covenant theology are ways of understanding the whole of Scripture, the story of redemption, who God is and what he has done throughout the whole history of redemption. So that's, that's what we're talking about. How do we make sense of what we read in the Scripture overall? And dispensationalism is characterized by uh, a few different things. Uh, one of the, the, the earmarks, or the hallmarks, I guess, of dispensational theology is that they take a very literal uh, approach to interpreting Scripture. And while we all like the idea of, oh, let's take the Scripture literally, um, they, they would take even things like prophecy so literally, mm-hmm. and they would say that you must interpret prophetic, apocalyptic literature literally unless it's just impossible to do so. So, um, whereas other theologians and other tribes and traditions would say, like, well, um, sure, we want to interpret the Scripture literally, but in its context and according to its genre. And so yeah. if it's prophetic apocalyptic literature, we are not really supposed to interpret some of those fantastical elements literally. Those are designed to be understood a bit more symbolically. So they are more literal in their interpretation, specifically as it relates to prophecy. They make a very hard distinction um, between Israel and the church, and not just Israel as the, the nation of God and then, and the people of God in the Old Testament, and then the church as the New Testament people of God, they make a distinction in that there is a different plan. God has one plan mm-hmm. for the nation of Israel and one plan for the church. Um, and historically, it has been that the church is essentially a parenthetical plan B uh, until the, his plan for the Jews is completely worked out. That's not entirely fair to say it that way, but I'm trying to be quick here. Um, so, and you have old school dispensationalism, and then you have progressive dispensationalism. And today, the only scholars out there that are dispensational are progressive dispensationalists, and they're smart, they're 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 gifted, they're 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 much smarter than I am. Um, but we just take a different path in understanding how uh, Scripture comes together mm-hmm. and what characterizes the plan of God. Uh, they would say that it's dispensations over different epochs, and we would say that as as covenant theologians that what holds all of Scripture together is God and His promise of the covenant of grace in Jesus Christ. And so we see covenants structuring the history of redemption over dispensations, and uh, we have a different approach to hermeneutics. Um, we see uh, that the, the plan of God to, to capture His people, which He calls Israel, the Israel of God, even in the New Testament, He calls the church the Israel of God, uh, bringing them together under, under this, this triune God for worship in all eternity, that that was a plan from the beginning, that a, a people of God would be made up of, of every tribe, tongue, and nation. It would not be uh, geographically or ethnically uh, located. So uh, big picture on those two, and we'll link to some books for you to read, yeah. is that it's a different way of understanding the whole of Scripture, and it, this in, impacts how we interpret uh, prophecy and uh, Israel, the law, and, and other things. When it comes to the nation of Israel, my 
personal understanding of Scripture here, which is common in the Reformed tradition, is that the nation of Israel is no longer in play as the revelatory vehicle of God, that the revelation of God is complete in Scripture, that the people of God is no longer the nation of Israel, Mm -hmm. but is the church made up of both Jews and Gentiles, made up of people from every tribe and tongue and nation. So anything that will happen to the nation of Israel uh, is, like some people speak about the the restoration of Israel and the sacrifices and all of these things. And this gets into eschatology, but um, I don't see any significance politically, socially, or historically what's happening with the nation of Israel today uh, as it relates to scripture. Um, That's a whole big thing. But that's that's as clear as I can make of it without writing a paper, which I'm definitely not about to do no, right I now. Can do that. All right, so I got a question. All right, let's do it. It's from Laura Kussmeider. Yeah. We know her. We know her. Okay, so Laura says, uh, subject is women in leadership in the church. Hi, I'm loving your podcast and enjoying the discussion and topics you guys are covering. I specifically enjoyed your show on church leadership and was wondering if you could share your thoughts on women in leadership and if you feel that it's not biblical for a woman to be a pastor. Could you explain why you believe that and what scripture your beliefs are based on? Thanks so much. And again, I'm loving the show. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a, uh, this subject kind of, it's almost like a bomb, right? Like you kind of throw it out there and, and, um, People are either going to agree with you or they're going to hate you. So we kind of make sure we, you know, understand that uh, Joe and I are coming from a particular perspective on what we believe Scripture is saying in this. And I also want to say um, people that 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 hold to kind of the same view that Joe and I do, there are varying degrees of that. Uh, Joe and I, I would say, are what's known as soft complementarians. Uh, you know, we, we believe that, um, we are there to compliment each other, but we also think that there's, that there's headship, I guess. Is that the right word you want to use that? Is that authority? Is that the wrong word? You know, I feel like maybe is that too authoritative? Yeah. I, I think when you, when, so if you're talking about complementarianism, the gist of complementarianism is, is if you were going to summarize it and make it most simple mm-hmm. that men and women are equal. That's right. But that there are different roles and functions in marriage and in the church that are somewhat limited based on gender, but not gender only. Um, that would be the simplest. And so um, in the home, we recognize that men and women, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers are partners who, That's right. who are equals, who are working together. But scripture s- seems to say to us that, um, that the husband or the father is considered the head of that home, and as head, he bears the responsibility for what happens in the home. Now, of course, both people are responsible for their own actions, mm-hmm, and they're working mm-hmm. together, and they're making decisions, and they're praying, and, and he needs to be rebuked by his wife sometimes because he can be an idiot. and, and Lazy, not doing what he's supposed right. to be doing. So these things are true, but he bears the responsibility, and he is called to sacrifice and to lead. Um, she is called to respect and to submit to his leadership mm-hmm. when it is biblical. That's really important. Good. And that's what I mean by the varying degrees. And I'm not going to name names, but I know that uh, Joe and I have had conversations and I've had a lot of frustrations as I read some prominent organizations that yeah. would, and even individuals that would almost advocate, are they, they seem to be saying that, you know, if a woman's being abused, you know, no, they've said it. They, I know. I'm just trying to be as. Look, I don't know. So let, let's be really clear. I'm trying here. to be gracious here. In that. The, the the complementarian issue has to do with 
you know, at its, what was what the essence of it is in the home, there are different roles, um, though there is equality. And in the church, there are different roles, though there is equality. Equality is not the issue. Yes. Um, and so in the church, we are convinced that, um, that the only people that can serve as elders or pastors, same thing, in the church are men who are qualified according to scriptural standards, called and set apart by the church. Um, and Not just because they're a man. No, 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 no. They are they that they are men is a necessity based on First Timothy three. Yes, uh, that's that's my understanding of First Timothy three and how it breaks down um, the, the passage there. But I would say that um, it is men who are qualified, so they must be godly. They must have these character character qualities, and they must be called and recognized by the local church. So we're, here's what we're saying: in the home, marriage, family. The husband becomes the head or is the, 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 the most responsible person in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And in the church, it means that those who function as elders or pastors must be qualified, called men. We are not talking about women as cops. We're not talking about women yes. running for office. We're not talking about like you know uh, equal pay or any of that stuff. We're simply saying that in these two spheres, we recognize that Scripture indicates that there are differing roles for equal people in the economy of God for home and church. And I think we're, we're saying, Joe, that there are places within the church leadership just not, just, that's just not elder pastor, correct? Because I think she's, she's asking two questions because she's, she's saying, she's saying uh, you know, your thoughts on women in leadership and then if you feel it's not biblical for women to be a pastor. And I feel yeah. like those are two separate categories. Right, and so... Obviously, there are going to be, I shouldn't say obviously, because many churches don't do it. And listen, we're a complementarian church mm-hmm. that has, that we have been slow to yes. engage this topic and to do as good of a job with women as we have with men. We are finally, actually, we're, we're just we're starting, finally to starting we're trying and, and, to start. but it took us, it took us a year. And I think that's important because it, it is a tough issue to kind of right. navigate and to make sure that as we're working through it, we're doing it in a God-honoring, biblical way. Right. So what we've decided to do at Redeemer is we offer something called Leadership Lab. And in Leadership Lab, we want to raise up, coach, mentor, disciple, future and current or potential and current leaders in their various callings. And this will include men and women. Now, we are complementarians, as we just described to you, but um, this is open to men and women because we're not training people in this context for pastoral ministry. We are simply encouraging them to be the best leaders they can be. So we're talking about principles of leadership that are transferable. And you want women to be leading in your church. Even if you're a hard complementarian, I would hope that you would want women leading other women in your church, that you would be equipping them to to teach and to preach uh, to women, to the same sex, to write well. Um, to speak well, I mean, I, I feel like there, there's a. Uh, I, I think this is a responsibility. Yeah, it's a responsibility uh, of shepherds to be shepherding. And if you're ignoring, quote, you know, I'm throwing a stat: fifty percent of your congregation. That that just doesn't make sense. I know more it's statistically. Yeah, but I'm also thinking children. You know, yeah. that's why I'm saying it's overgeneralization. But I'm just saying you're ignoring that, and you're not right. really caring for them at all. Right. I feel that's just so unhealthy. It's so unbiblical. It's so unloving. It's just you know so. It's true. Here, it, it, like there, it's are, so unfulfilling. There, people are because complementarianism, which is a new word, and um, but but because complementarian has become 
such an important issue among prominent evangelicals. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are afraid to rock the boat. That's right. They don't want to appear soft on it because they don't want to be labeled liberal or exactly. whatever it is. Which was I, like even a struggle for us as we're looking and trying to investigate. Yeah, not see, for me. I don't care. I know, but I'm just saying as we're trying to look and say, okay, how have others navigated through right. this? We couldn't find, you know, it was very hard to find anything because people are scared. Yeah. They're afraid to talk because then all of a sudden they're labeled uh, right. incorrectly. When, like I said, we're, we're soft complementarians. We believe in all this, but we also don't believe that women are supposed to be cast to the side and neglected. Right. Right, and, or that they are incapable of doing That's it. You know, um, many of the things that, that men have done in culture and in society. Now, there are different roles uh, in different, for different genders in those two spheres that we've talked about, but people get... Um, and I've wanted, you know this, I've talked with Joe, I wanted to do a, a show just on yeah, this. Yeah, we, we want to do one. I want to do one because, I, you know, just because of some of the news and some of the other stuff, I've just been There's so... some crazy stuff. And finally... I just get so riled up, dude. Well, the Reformed... Guys, are like mortification of spin has been uh, addressing a lot of this issue, especially as it relates not only to the abuses that have yeah. happened in complementarian churches and circles, but it's also horrific. But also as it relates to this trinitarian nonsense with yes. the eternal subordination of the sun. So exactly, we're, we're going to get into all we'll that. Get into it. I, you know, I get riled up because I just feel like it's so disrespectful, so dishonoring, so unbiblical, and I, it's so unloving. I, I know it's I want, so unloving. How do you just? I, I'm stop. I'm stopping. Your lover. You're just a lover. I'm not a hater. You don't hate. I don't hate. All right. Um, so when it comes to, oh, like, crazy. you know, uh, what are our thoughts on women leadership in church? Uh, when it comes to the classic roles in the church of elder deacon, we don't believe that women can serve in the role or office of elder, That's right. but that they can serve in the role and office of deacon. Uh, when it comes to leading, then we, we tend to see those roles, and, and a lot of us are still figuring this out, um, as we find ourselves in different cultural uh, yeah. contexts. And, and not everybody agrees on these things, but I would say personally for me, Joe Thorne, that uh, I don't have a problem with a woman uh, teaching, exactly. lecturing, uh, even in mixed company, outside of the Sunday gathering of the church. Um, I, we, we wouldn't have a woman to preach at Redeemer on Sunday because that role is associated with pastoral ministry. Exactly. But, uh, but outside of that context, I wouldn't have a problem with a woman teaching a class on uh, apologetics or teaching. Uh, I wouldn't have a problem with a woman commentator on scripture or anything like that. So leadership is going to look different in different ways. Mm -hmm. Some women should be speaking. Some women should be writing. Some, some women um, are, are going to be in the academic world, and some are going to be in the hands-on ministry world. And we want to help them find their role and That's equip right. them to do that as best as we can in accordance with our conscience and the understanding of scripture. I will do a whole show on it, Laura. Yeah. All right, listen, uh, we have a ton more emails, but we are out of time. Mm -hmm. We got to wrap this up. We got to get to work. Well, I'm, work is over. I got to get ready for uh, some family stuff. So how do we end this? What do we do? Well, it's uh, J-Bond Media. J-Bond Media. Why don't you talk about J-Bond? Okay, so um, Justin Bond, he is the man that engineers and edits our sound. He's also the guy that shot the video that we're dropping very soon. Well, no, it... This will be on Thursday. Yeah, but the video won't be available yet. What, just, yeah. the, just the teaser. Oh, the teaser. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah the I'm, teaser, you've already... Yeah. You, you, hopefully, you've... So we should have already put out the teaser. Yeah, by now. By now, you, you should, should have, have the teaser. So, Justin Bond is our media genius and genie. Mm -hmm. He makes everything happen. If you need um, video, audio, photo, uh, talk to him. He is the man. He will hook you up. You don't want to hire those other suckers. Because um, they suck. Because Jay Bond is good. So you want Except to do for that. Rob, 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 Rob. Local Rob? Local Rob. Yeah, but we ain't, we ain't promoting him. 
Rob, if Rob wants to promo, he's got to pay. <laughs> Rob did the photos of me and Jimmy when we launched the podcast. And he's a listener. But, yeah. I love you, Rob. We he also you, Rob. did my brother and my now my sister-in-law. Their and the guy is jacked. Episode. He's he built is. like a superhero. He, he looks like Clark Kent. He, he does. He does. Just not blonde. Yeah. Well, Clark Kent's not blonde. Clark Kent's blonde? No, he's not. No, he's not. What's Who wrong am I thinking with of? you? Who's blonde? No, but like... Aquaman or something. No, Aquaman sucks. Aquaman is blonde. Aquaman That's the only blonde is a one. terrible. He is absolutely horrible. Robin Who isn't even blonde. Aquaman. All right, well, listen. You obviously need to take a break. So let me close it out by saying this. If you want to support the show, leave a retune for us. Leave what? A, what was that? If you want to support the show, <laughs> leave a review a of our podcast at iTunes or whatever podcast platform you enjoy using. Mm-hmm. You can subscribe or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would love to have you there. And if you want to leave us a message, you can um, click on the Contact Us page at our website, DoctrineAndDevotion.com, and you can uh, you can leave us a message. And we'll we'll get that. We'll get back to you. And let me say this: I keep getting the, I keep getting some of you guys asking, "Where are the links?" And it's, and it's like you're, you're, you're saying you don't have the links in your podcast feed or you don't have the links on YouTube. Okay, so I'm going to break this down for you make it real simple. Hey, geniuses, go to DoctrineAndDevotion.com and look at the show notes page. That's where all the links are at. <gasps> really? <laughs> I know you're, you're our listeners. We're supposed to be kind, but like, come on, quit bothering me with that. All right. We'll be back every Monday and Thursday dropping new episodes. Uh, thanks for listening. Sharing is caring. We'll talk to you later.